Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP practitioner course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet, and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmatt.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. NLPwithmatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. What's going on? Welcome back to the Driven Entrepreneur. It's Matt Browning, and we are still coming at you, of course, every single week, just like clockwork, every single time. You can always count on having a phenomenal entrepreneur with a phenomenal backstory. That's what I'm into ever since I was a kid. I always loved backstories, origin stories. I was fascinated by Spider-Man and Batman, and here we are with a real-life entrepreneur version of Spider-Man or Batman. And my guest this week is none other than Mr. John Lincoln. Now, John is the CEO of Ignite Visibility. He's a three-year in a row, 2017, 18, and 19 Inc. 5000 company. So that means he's on the fastest growing company list. Um, he's a highly sought after digital marketing strategist. He's a two-time best-selling author. He's an industry speaker and the winner of the coveted Search Engine Land Search Marketer of the Year Award. He has 16 years plus experience. He's worked with over a thousand online businesses. And, and we're going to talk today about really converting from offline marketing to online marketing strategies and ideas. He's done this with small businesses all the way to billion dollar marketing budget businesses with clients like Office Depot, Tony Robbins, Morgan Stanley, Fox, USA Today, Five Hour Energy, Cox, and The Knot Worldwide. Uh, without any further ado, Mr. John Lincoln, are you there, my friend? Yeah, I'm right here. Hey, Matt, thanks so much for having me on today. Happy to be here. Dude, I'm so stoked. Uh, you know, perfect timing because coming out of what, you know, we've been into as a nation and um, there's a lot of shifts and changes that are happening in the world. Um, obviously, being digital and being online is a, is, is a very, very important element. But before we get into all that, I kind of want to ask you, you know, when I get an entrepreneur like you who's done so much and, and look, like I know what it takes to be in the ink fastest growing companies, you're making a ton of money and you're able to create revenue and your revenue is increasing every year. Did you start off with that entrepreneur bug early on? What were you like? What was the, what was the kid like? Were you going to follow a different dream and then you fell into this or were you always sort of the lemonade stand kid, so to speak, as I like to say? You know, I, I had a lemonade stand. I had a recycling business for a while. Uh, I tried to launch so many different websites and online things and failed, you know, so many times. <laughs> and then I just kept trying over and over and over again with so many different types of websites and concepts until I just realized what worked and, you know, started just like refining models and, and just got smarter and smarter. So, you know, I, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. It was something that, that always excited me. Even when I was a little kid, I was kind of 
trying to start businesses. I, for a long time, I wanted to start a surfing website because I'm a huge surfer. That was one of the first one. My dad was kind of laughing at me, but yeah, just, just more and more sites and, and over time and then just working with so many different businesses and having access to, you know, thousands of analytics accounts. I kind of learned, you know, what works and what doesn't in a lot of different industries. So I, I did always want to do it. But definitely didn't happen right away. And uh, I had to work at it pretty hard for a long time to finally get here. So, What did you think you were going to be when you grew up, like, say, you know, high school age? What, what was the plan kind of going out of that into the world? Did you go to school or did you go right into some kind of enterprise? I thought I was going to be a lawyer for the longest time because my dad, he's kind of like an entrepreneur, started a law firm. It became pretty successful. And I always kind of thought I would, you know, follow in his footsteps and, and do the firm thing. And then you know, I went to take uh, the LSAT and I was studying for it. And I just realized it really, really wasn't for me. And I did bad on the LSAT. And they're like, well, you could take it again if you want. I'm like, I don't really think I want to take it again. Uh, So I went and I got my MBA instead. And when I got my MBA, I started working at a business magazine and interviewing a whole bunch of different people about business. I did that for four years, just learned a ton about business, got the MBA, and it was just such a better fit for me. And um, they eventually put me in charge of their online marketing. So it was, it was like this kind of natural transition from, okay, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. I kind of failed at that. And um, I'm really, really, really happy I did looking back. I mean, I have so much respect for, for people, so much respect for people in that position, but it's, um, it's just kind of like stressful and you get a lot put on you. So this has been a much better direction for me. So. Man, that's incredible. So, so right away, so you're what, like early twenties at this point, And then, pivoting into the the MBA programs was it about marketing right away did anything else catch your catch your glory catch your eyes what what sort of things were you really interested in when it came to the during your MBA program and then coming out of that was it general business or was it always sort of marketing advertising that kind of thing no i didn't i actually didn't think i was going to go into marketing at all i i wanted to be a financial advisor and, um, and or an entrepreneur. So when I got out of that program, I mean, I was like applying at different places, um, you know, to, to be a financial advisor and, and, and you know, kind of, I was like, oh, I'll go to Wells Fargo. I'll be a financial advisor, you know, because I really liked that size of MBA finance and I was really good at, at that, or at least I felt like I would be. And then, you know, nobody, nobody would call me back, you know? <laughs> so I finally, and this was, by the way, during the last recession, that's kind of, about or just before the last recession. That's about you know when when all this happened, and um, ended up just landing that job. Like I mentioned at the business magazine, an internship. I basically worked almost for free from home for six months, and then eventually they brought me on. You know, started on there, worked there for a couple of years, worked my way up until I was eventually kind of like the top guy there. And and that's really right when online marketing was coming on. You know, it was um, you know Facebook launched during that time. You know, Twitter. Like all these sites were coming on. So that's how I kind of like started developing these digital marketing frameworks. And I've just been doing the same thing ever since. But no, I I really didn't think it was going to be marketing. I fell in love with marketing while I was on the job and realized that I I loved it so much just because I love like growth. I love scale and marketing with growth and scale. It just goes hand in hand. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. You know, when, when we talked about kind of introducing you with this long list of clients and accolades, certainly... You know, when when you say, "Hey, this guy's helped everyone from you know Tony Robbins to Five Hour Energy to um, Morgan Stanley," like it, it's a pretty A list client list. I think 
a lot of uh, a lot of our listeners, you know, you guys were at, in the small business world and that kind of startup and that entrepreneur space, the hustle grind kind of space. Do you have any advice on how to get that first client? Do you like shoot for the moon and hope that your first client is a big client, or have you were you kind of hustling and working and doing your work in marketing for smaller companies in unknown places, and then all of a sudden one thing leads to another? So I guess the question is, is there a strategy to start getting some larger or A-list clients? And how did you approach it? Everybody wants the big clients, but you really have to earn your way to the top. And you can't get them unless you're good enough and fully capable to service them because they really expect like a super, super high level of service that most people don't understand. So, you know, when you're just getting started, I recommend, you know, set up a, a couple meetings a day you know, do some outbound, build your thought leadership. And, and even before you launch, even before you start your own business, go try to work at the exact business that you would want to start and put in some time there, two or three years, really understand it, learn on the job, you know, become the best person in the company, build all that confidence. And then when you're ready to start your own thing, you know, if, if, and, and you are ready, then, you know, you, you've kind of already got this framework, you know how it works, maybe you have some contacts in the industry, you know, contracts are structured, you know, what clients are looking for. Like, I think the biggest mistake a lot of people make is like, you try to start a business, but you're just trying to guess and figure it out on your own. And that's just so, so hard to do. So I, I would highly recommend you get experience somewhere, you know, work on these type, type of accounts as a secondary third person. And then once you're ready and you're ready to be scrappy and you're ready to grind harder than you ever have in your entire life and give up a lot of time, then go ahead and, you know, make a jump on your own. And, and then, you know, when you're looking for these clients, it all comes down to thought leadership. It all comes down to marketing and it all comes down to personal connections. And then also finding other people who have the same pockets of clients that you have. So in any type of like B2B thing, you know, one great tip is if you can find another company doesn't offer your same services and you can essentially work with them and make it super valuable for you to support their clients and incentivize them. And then that can end up turning into great pipelines for you. So there's a couple tips for you. Man, that's amazing actually. So, cause, cause I always look at in my world, it's like joint ventures and looking at other businesses to work with. Um, but finding a business that does that is similar, but doesn't quite offer exactly what you do and then make it really easy for them to, for you to help them make it easy for them. And I'll tell you, it, it makes me think of, you know, there's some people who have approached me for some different joint venture deals. And sometimes I finish the conversation and just think, man, I got a headache. Like, I know this guy, I could refer people or whatever, we could do that back and forth. But man, like, it's just too much work. And like, I have, yeah. to, I have to figure it out for them. So make it easy. I really love that. You mentioned thought leadership. And I think that's a, a term that gets thrown around a lot and people just kind of say it, you know, what's, and I don't think you are, but what's your definition of, you said, I need to be a thought leader. You need to be part of thought leadership to get on the radar. What is being a thought leader and what's your advice for someone who maybe doesn't have that going on yet, but they go, certainly, I don't want to fake it till I make it. I don't want to hack. I want to do the real right way to build up myself as a thought leader. What would you say to someone maybe, you know, with that young energy ready to do that? Yeah, the biggest decision I ever made in, in my life that made me um, more successful over time, not right away, but I decided I'm going to put myself out there consistently. And I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm just going to get better and better at it. Um, you know, I'll take the criticism, I'll take the praise if I get lucky enough to have it come in. 
but I'll just consistently put myself out there and I'm going to 100% niche down on digital marketing. That's my thing. And I made that decision really around like somewhere in my, my mid twenties. And I just started blogging and I was really terrible at blogging at the beginning, but I got better and better at it. And I scaled it more and more. And then um, I started learning video and I got better and better at that. At the beginning, the video stuff I did was so bad. I mean, it was horrendous, but it's gotten so much better. And then um, I found out every single place that all of our customers um, would spend time online, you know, whether that's LinkedIn or whether that's YouTube or Twitter or Facebook or Search Engine Land or Inc. or Entrepreneur or Forbes or the Huffington Post. And uh, essentially what I did, and what the first book that I ever wrote is called Digital Influencer. It's about how, you know, I became, you know, this moderate level digital influencer and how we started getting hundreds of leads a month coming in, you know, to our website and to our business all through Inbound. You know, I basically plotted every single place that our customer would spend time online. I plotted the exact things that they would want to learn around every single different service level and then just started writing on it, commenting on it, engaging with it, and then scaling it more and more and more. And as a result of that, our traffic grew from, you know, 100 visitors a month to 10,000 to 100,000. And the YouTube, you know, went from 100,000 to 300,000 views a month. And then, you know, LinkedIn is like 30,000 followers and Twitter 200 and stuff like that. So it just scales more and more and more. But I think the biggest thing is you have to be real about it. You have to do it from a good place. Um, and you just got to take the time to create quality content, scale it. And then if you're, if you're just getting started, you know, don't be afraid to put advertising around it just so you get exponential reach. And, and that whole system, it just works, right? It continually works. And if you can commit to it for a long time, there's almost no way you won't have some level of success. And that's, that's very good. And also, um, spoken simpler than the complexity in which you probably lived in. And that was, a, yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing what you just described was a longer period of time that you condensed in about 30 seconds. Yeah. Can I break that down for a moment? Um, first off, guys, check out exactly what, uh, what he's talking about right now on Ignite Visibility. That's your YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And you know, you, you got, I mean, even I, I love this. Here's a um, coronavirus and digital that was, you know, not too old the, that you put out a video, quick 11,000 views. You got a, an Instagram video with 1.1 million. You, you got half a million here. You, like, you know what you're doing with that, obviously. And that's just for your own, where I'm sure that at this point in your career, you're spending time with your clients. But I digress. I want to break down. So check out, again, Ignite Visibility. That's your YouTube channel. Can you give me an example, when, going back to what you first said, when you said you're going to go into, say, writing blogs, you're going to go to where your customers are hanging out, and you're going to ask yourself, what are they looking for? What are they asking? What are they wanting? Could you give me an example or two, maybe early on, of like where did you go? And what were they asking? And what did you write for them? Or uh, what content did you give for them? Just to give us some ideas in our mind. No problem. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of things that I've done initially revolved around search engine optimization, right? So SEO, a lot of people do SEO. It's pretty hard to differentiate yourself, but I've been at it for, for a really long time. So one question that, you know, you might find that people are asking is how long does SEO take, right? Somebody's considering doing how long SEO takes. You could use a tool like, you know, SEMrush, Answer the Public, uh, Similar Web. Uh, there's a lot of different tools to kind of figure out, you know, what people are looking for, but that's kind of like a mid funnel, upper funnel type of thing that a customer would be looking for. So for that, I would write a blog post on it. And then maybe I'd create five different guest blogs on it with different, you know, slants, right? 
So I write a blog for Ignite Visibility. I'll write a blog for John Lincoln Marketing. I'll write a blog for Inc., for Entrepreneur, for Huffington Post, for Medium. And then I'll make a video on it, right? And then I'll take that video and I'll put it on YouTube. So if somebody does a search on YouTube, they find it. I'll also run uh, an in-market audience uh, YouTube ad around that. So anybody who's looking for SEO, they see that. I'll also post that to Facebook and run some ads around that to a remarketing list for people who have come to our website. I'll also post that to LinkedIn. All the followers will see that. And then what, what happens is, is if anybody does a search online, well, now I've written on that topic on five different websites. They all have the opportunity to rank around that term. If anybody is you know, a part of one of these audiences on the different sites that we're advertising on, then they get you know, touched with that. And if I set it up as just part of a general remarketing audience for anybody who's come to the website and probably put a, another couple videos or another couple ads around that, then they're going to see a lot of me. And then anytime that they're thinking about using us, you know, they're going to have that in their mind. So, you know, it's all about creating content, getting it back to the site, building audiences, and then nurturing these audience over time until your conversion rate goes from 1% to 2% to 3%. And, you know, just getting people to know you and be a part of those communities. So that's just one example of one piece of content. Now, you know, the systems that I do now, I might do that same process that I just mentioned to you. 15 times a week with 15 different pieces of content. And that's just for our own site. For other clients that I work with, in some cases, we're doing hundreds of pieces of content, 200 pieces of content a month, right? Large, massive programs scaling across different business lines. So that's what I love about digital marketing. It's like, you can do that one thing once a month, or you can take that and do that 15 times like our Ignite site, or you can take that and do that 200 times for one business line or five different business lines. But no matter what, you know, you can, you can forecast all this stuff. You can kind of get an idea of the return. You can prove concept and then use all of it to build a cost per acquisition framework. Um, so that's kind of the, uh, the long answer and maybe a little bit more nitty gritty. But I mean, all this stuff takes real specialty. Like even just the YouTube piece, I just said post to YouTube, but I spent hundreds of hours on YouTube. Like, you know, just breaking down that framework um, is a really interesting thing. So yeah, no joke. I mean, I mean, I'm almost getting dizzy just listening to you. Not, not because of you, because it sounds, it sounds so exhausting to me to do that. Yeah. Um, do you have some idea? So breaking down even smaller, how can I start right now? So say I have a ideal client of mine and I'm going, okay, I know maybe a couple of questions they're looking for and I know where they might be going looking for these questions. They're entrepreneurs looking for um, maybe my, I'll, let me ask you this. My people are usually people who run a business and want to speak and get live on stage. And that's sure. a primary way they're going to grow their business, have more prospects, be more known by speaking to groups. And I train them and get them placed. So these people are going to be going looking for that. Um, how do I figure out where they're going to be hanging out? Do I write an article for, and then just start submitting it everywhere and anywhere I can? Or am I going to go, okay, I need to write something for Huff. I need to write something different for Inc. What's your approach to just that part, if I could break down a little bit? So if you're just looking to get started and, you know, I mean, I just recommend doing a blog a week and a video a week on the topics that you are an expert on. And if you want to find topics and you need help with that, SEMrush is my favorite tool for that. You can just put in a keyword and you can just find out what people are searching for. Now, that's and that's SEMrush, Sam? Yeah, SEM Rush. Yeah, right. it's just a real basic keyword tool. And there's another one that's free because SEM Rush, you have to pay um, a few bucks for a month. It's not really expensive. 
But the other one that's free is uh, called the Google Keyword Planner. And you can just go put in a keyword in there. It'll spit out, you know, 100 different variations of things that you can write on. And that's a really good way to start. I love that. Thanks for that. And then, of course, you're doing now work and planning for larger organizations and companies like that. Um, I love your approach too in your in your new book. I want to talk about this, the forecaster method. And you talk about in, in your book how having a digital marketing plan, whether it's small business, again, like you said, to, to a billion dollar marketing budget, when you look at that budget, when you look at the plan, it's no different than diversifying your own personal income or your own assets um, or your own you know, budget. You're going to have certain money going here, certain there. You're not going to have 100% of your 401k in tech stocks or real estate, for example. So in the forecaster method, you talk about how in the marketing, you should have different aspects and different areas where you're diversified to your marketing budget. But I love the approach of treating it like a project and treating it, obviously, as these billion dollar companies do, as a real project. Um, at what level do you need to start looking at your marketing budget like that? Is it from day one or do you need to get to a certain size to really begin managing it like a project? It's from day one. And it's just the reason I wrote this book, it, it's not just for big companies, it's for small companies, it's for somebody like you, it's for your listeners. Really what it teaches you to do is manage your digital marketing like you would a financial portfolio. So what it t teaches you is a, your, what you should expect from each channel so, the, so that you don't need to like learn how to run the ads. You know, if you want to do um, Google ads or YouTube or Facebook ads or Instagram ads, or you want to do dis discovery or display, it teaches you how to measure it and how to find out if it's effective or not. So there's this thing that not a lot of people know. It's called cost per acquisition. And that's how much you're willing to pay for a lead. And when I say not a lot of people know it, I mean, not a lot of people outside of like digital marketing, um, you know, industry people. So what you want to do is if you're running ads, you want to determine how much you're willing to pay for a lead or for a transaction, right? So if you're willing to pay, you know, $200 uh, to get a lead for whatever your type of website goal is, and you know that, then you can spend whatever amount of money that you want to hit the amount of goals that you want at that $200 framework. So what the forecaster method teaches you how to do is how to effectively measure your marketing, how to improve your marketing, how to scale your marketing, how to have the right budget, and how to do all that. So basically, my philosophy is you should always spend about 10% of revenue on your marketing, um, and you should continue to scale that as revenue grows. And then you should never have more than 30% allocation in one channel. So um, and then you should be on four to five different channels. So you might have 30% of your budget in Google ads, you know, you've got, you know, another 10 in, you know, Facebook and YouTube, and then another 10 in email and the rest is in SEO. That would be an example, right? So the more uh, different uh, sources that you have contributing to your digital marketing, the better, but just real basic, the book teaches you how to set up a program, how to scale a program. And it's the same thing that we've done consistently to be um, an any 5,000 company. We just use this process to continually scale our lead generation for ourselves and for our clients. So I'm really proud of it. And I just think it can help a lot of people. Well, I was just going to say exactly what you just said, John, is um, you used on yourself. And I love it's one thing to get an award or to get recognized somewhere. But to make the Inc. 5000, you have to be growing and scaling. 
And a lot of people don't know, like some people can make the list way easier than I'm sure you did, where maybe you start off with pretty low revenue and then it, it scales where, again, they're not making too much, but they're making enough that it changed over time for you to hit it and then hit it a second year and then hit it a third year. What that means is you had to make some serious revenue and it had to increase by a high enough percentage and it had to increase again. Um, that it's just an exciting time and exciting thing. Um, so the forecaster method guys, you can get that anywhere where books are sold. You can pick it up on Amazon. Of course, if you're listening to this live, make sure you check out our on-demand platforms, uh, uh, the driven entrepreneurs on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeart, all over the place, wherever you get your podcasts, this show always comes out on demand. It'll be there forever. No paywall. And in the show notes, of course, we'll put in a link to, uh, pick up the forecaster method by John Lincoln, how you can scale your marketing plan and marketing budget for any size business. I also love the, the diversifying. Um, what are you seeing in, in kind of today's landscape in the wake of 2020 and what's happened over the last several months? Um, obviously, a lot of people went digital, digital. I got to figure out digital because, you know, people are, are uh, less in-person work and less offline work. And you're not walking down to the news station or to the news platform to pick up a magazine and so forth. Um, do you think that some of these digital marketing channels and what people have picked up on do you think it's going to stick long-term as a new normal or do you see it more as a overcorrection to what was needed? And do you think we'll get back to normal? What's your uh, future crystal ball say about this? Well, it's starting to feel a little bit saturated um, towards the end of 2019 and maybe the first month or two in 2020, but that's completely changed. Now there's more people online than ever before. The inventory of people spending time online has grown so much in 2020. So there's more inventory that drives ad costs down and more people are getting used to doing business virtually and doing business online. So for us, it just made it more important than ever and it made the advertising cheaper. So I think it's going to be um, the biggest marketing channel by far. I mean, we've got a reduction um, in a lot of the other different types of channels, like in-person events and, and, and sports and things like that, those, those, of course, will come back very, very strong and will continue to do well. And, and I'm all into stuff like that as well. But I think that, you know, digital becomes the foundation. And the real power is that you can build these audiences over time. And I know that sounds kind of like an odd concept, but if you go to my website, I can cookie you and or get your email and then I can reach out to you and serve you an ad or sell to you via email at any point in time. So I think, you know, the future is really about, you know, um, refining and, and improving those audiences and using it. So the future is bright for digital. It's also good for the other channels as well, but um, in particular, it's becoming more important. Hey, and check out exactly what John Lincoln's talking about. Go to ignitevisibility.com. That's the website. And see, you know, like see what a, a site from someone who does this for a living at a really high level looks like and feels like and, and notice what starts happening and how you can be around and in this conversation. Uh, John, final question as we, as we wind down here. Um, I, I asked you, of course, where you think it's going to be coming and you do think it's going to bounce back somewhat, but there is going to be part of this new normal is going to stick around, it sounds like. Um, what's next for you? Are you going to continue on this forecaster method? Is this the legacy or do you have another book and something else in the works coming up in the future? What are you most excited about for the rest of this year? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so for me, long term, I'm going to be just doing the same thing every day, teaching digital. I'm going to keep growing all the different channels. I'm looking forward to speaking at events. I'm looking forward to, you know, writing um, another book pretty soon. Uh, that's, uh, you know, I won't announce it yet. But, uh, you know, my plan, you can kind of expect the same for me. I'll be out there speaking, you know, making things, uh, make, making content, making new movies and, and just kind of staying you know, dedicated to this field and helping people through digital marketing. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out online. I'd love to connect with everybody online. Hey, we sure appreciate you. John, thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Matt. Have a great day. Hey guys, that's the show for this week. So listen, that was Mr. John Lincoln. Uh, the Forecaster Method is the book. Check it out on Amazon. You will love it. You can also follow John Lincoln, uh, John E. Lincoln on LinkedIn. And then check out the YouTube channel. You know, just search for uh, we'll have it in the show notes. It's a little longer, but just search for uh, Forecaster Method. You can look for that stuff. You can also, where was I? On YouTube here. There we go. Search for Ignite Visibility. And you can follow and see the types of videos that John is putting out. Um, and yeah, like I said, pick up the book. And follow me on social media. See what I'm doing. See what's going on. I'm doing some digital television or we're sending things in. You'll see some pictures of me and the family hunkered down, hanging out and having a blast uh, all throughout 2020. So if you want to see that, make sure you follow me at Matt Browning on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and all that. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Go on demand to subscribe. If you're driving your car, pull over, go on your phone. Once you've pulled over and go find on demand podcasts and subscribe to the Driven Entrepreneur. You won't miss an episode. It comes to the device that you're choosing absolutely free every single week. Get out there this weekend or stay in whatever you're doing and crush it. Stay driven. That's the new catchphrase. You know what's coming. Let me know if you like it. Stay driven. Okay, bye.